Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. Ever since the murder of George Floyd by a Minneapolis cop back on May 25th, our country has been swamped with discussions of race in America. But... I don't think they've really been discussions, more like one-way perspectives from both black and from white. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. So like I said, you're going to want to listen up because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right. So Saturday, this past Saturday afternoon... I was out laying by the pool, I should say in the pool because of the oppressive heat. Then I came in and I happened to catch a show or just turn on the TV and I happened to catch a show, which I was glad I did. Uh, it was called Race and Sports in America on uh, NBC. Okay, it was hosted by uh, somebody by the name of Damon Hack and... Um, he had four people that he was having a discussion with. And they were all sitting around. I don't know if there was some kind of charity golf tournament going on, but you can see the backdrop was at a golf tournament, okay? And the four people were Basketball Hall of Famer, Charles Barkley, Stephon Curry, you know him, of course, from the NBA, two-time MVP, NBA champion, multiple times. Ozzie Smith, Hall of Fame shortstop, the St. Louis Cardinals. And also from baseball, Jimmy Rollins, a former MVP with the Philadelphia Phillies. All right? And the discussion was, you know, race wasn't really talking about sports. They call it race and sports in America. They just happen to be sports figures. It was about race in America. And uh, I, I must say all four gentlemen raised some very good points. All four. 
Barkley, Curry, Ozzy, Smith, and uh, Jimmy Rollins. All four made some very good points, which I will go over. And I wasn't even planning to have this discussion this morning, but this caught me, and I, I thought all four men were sincere. Uh, I think all four men, I thought all four men were speaking from the heart. I do believe they were speaking from the heart. But there was one thing lacking in the discussion. If we're going to discuss race, if we are going to have an open discussion of race in America, the discussion can't be one way. What I mean by one way It can't be just about the black perspective and it can't be just about the white perspective. And much of these discussions become a microcosm of our society today. If you don't want to hear my way, take the highway. If you don't want to hear my way, you take the highway. It's much like politics. You know, and sometimes I say to myself, well, how the hell can I expect you and me, the people, how can we want to listen to the other side when our leaders won't listen to each other? But I guess really that's more a story for another time. I'm talking about race, race in America and, and the discussions that we have or that we don't have. But when I was looking at this show, Uh, On Saturday, this past Saturday afternoon, again, all four men were qualified to speak. Well, anybody is qualified to speak on, on race in America. One way or the other, black or white. But you had four men as as qualified as they are, as they were for that discussion. It was all from a black perspective. Why wasn't somebody, why wasn't a white athlete put in that discussion? If we're going to have open discussions, we need to have open discussions. The lines have to be open. It, it, it just... It just has to be that way. You don't have to get along, but it's incumbent upon me to listen. If it's incumbent upon me to listen about your black perspective, and it is, I I, I am full aware of racism in this country. I have several black friends. I grew up with black friends. I've never been black. When I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm not going to wake up black. It ain't going to happen. Okay, I get that. I I, I am well aware of, of the, the racist uh, situations that the black people that I know have had to endure. I'm, I'm well aware of it. You know, this business of being stopped by a cop just because you're black... That's real. I get that. I I know full well that that has happened to several 
black men that I know, athletes and non-athletes, all nice-looking, clean-cut guys. You know, they're not your stereotypical, what do you want to call it, stereotypical rappers, dreads. I'm talking about clean-cut guys. Just stopped because for no other reason than they were black. That's what you call systemic racism. I get that. So I I am a thousand percent on board with you being pissed off about that. But my white perspective is it's terrible, but it does not mean every cop is a racist. And that, to me, has to be part of the discussion. It has to be. Has to be part of the discussion. Stephen Curry brought up an interesting, and I and I laughed because as soon as he said it, I knew damn well what he was talking about. You know, he's an articulate, bright young man, and he he brought up the point. Well, if you hear a bright black young man speak eloquently, speak properly. Somebody will say, oh, you speak well, or he speaks well. And and Curry said, like, well, why shouldn't we speak well? Why shouldn't I speak well? Why should that be a surprise? Folks, you might be giggling to yourself and be honest if you are, but that is what you call systemic racism. It is. Charles Barkley. I thought Charles Barkley was terrific on this. He, he was flat out honest. You know, he said he's treated different than poor black people because he's rich. And like he said, all four of those gentlemen there are rich. So they're not treated the same way. And he was talking about segregation. He was talking about, yeah, the blacks live with blacks, white lives with whites, Jews live with Jews, rich live with rich, poor live with poor. And he said, he said he does not care about the 400 years ago. What he said he cares about, he cares about now. I, I agree with that. Quite frankly, and I'm a white guy, but if I say it, I'm a bad guy. Because I don't give a shit what happened 400 years ago. Yes, I care about what's happening now. I grew up in the 50s and 60s. I was in the sixth grade in 1963. I remember all the civil rights movements and actions and dogs and fire hoses and students being blocked at the doorway from trying to enter uh, University of Alabama and Medgar Evers getting shot and Dr. King getting shot. You know, some years later, of course, in 68. I remember all those things. So I, I grew up with that. You don't need to tell me about 400 years ago as a Jew. You want me to tell you about 5,000 years ago about Jews being enslaved? 
I, I can't do anything about then. I can do something about now. And about now means we have to have an honest and open discussion. And Charles Barkley went on to say, the key to any and everything is education. He says the key to any and everything is education. You know, and he's right. This pandemic, it, it, our world's never going to be the same. This pandemic has thrown a monkey wrench, a fly in the ointment, whatever you want to call it, into everything. And, and Charles is right. You know, a lot of jobs for white, for black, they're not there. Charles bringing up in restaurants, whatever, they're not there. They're not going to be there. You need your education. So he, Charles was stressing education. And he was 100% correct. Now, Jimmy Rollins, baseball player, he, he was trying to bring out a point. He says, you know, about black people in the community, you know, they think there's only three ways that they can make it. You know, they, they see the entertainment world. They see the athletes. They see the bling. They see, you know, the luxuries that come with it. So Jimmy Rollins, and I'm paraphrasing now, but, but he made the point that, you know, they think they can make it one of three ways in entertainment, in athletics or sports, and in hustling because that's what they see. I disagreed with that. I disagreed with that because sometimes you see what you want to see or how you're brought up to see. I've seen many, and as I'm, as I'm sitting here talking to you, you're going to agree with this. I've seen many a person from the inner city rise above and make it because they were brought up that way. I've seen a mother of four, single mom of four, busting her ass, bunch of kids working two and three jobs, making it, and making sure that the kids make it because what that's what she instilled in them. I've heard M- Morgan Freeman say, certainly a, an accomplished black actor, an Academy Award winner, I heard him say, it's t- too easy to make being a victim an excuse. I believe that. You know, Jimmy Rollins, I mean, you want an example that you can make it, that you can rise above it? We recently had a black two-term president. I mean, that's making it. That's an example that you can make it. You look at, what, Oprah Oprah Winfrey? She didn't make it? She made it. There are examples out there that you can make it. So to say that you, there are no examples is bullshit. But again, there was no white perspective in the discussion. And that, that's what, you know, spurned me to have this discussion today. Let me give you an example. And, and you've heard me here talk about it before. Uh, Drew Brees, quarterback, you know the story already, what, what happened with him. Drew Brees, the future Hall of Fame, sure bet, Hall of Fame quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Okay. He had the audacity to say that he would not kneel for the national anthem. And he was 
killed, beaten up, pissed on, dumped on, whatever, by teammates, by his brethren in the NFL. And he, he subsequently issued not one but two apologies. Okay? Well, why wouldn't somebody have a white person in it to, to offer a perspective? See, I get where some of these guys are thinking with Black Lives Matter. I get that. But that doesn't mean if you have a difference of opinion and you don't want to kneel for a flag, that doesn't mean you're not with the guys, your brethren. It means I don't want to kneel for the flag. Why does he get beaten up? I think that would be an important discussion to have people watch. To have an honest and open discussion and hear different sides. After all, Drew Brees, of the four guys I just mentioned, and, and you know, I don't even like doing this, but but I'll say it. Barkley, Curry, Ozzy, and Rollins. I don't know what their charity charities are, uh, their foundations. I don't know that. But I do know this. I'll bet none of them have given more to black causes than Drew Brees, who's given millions. His foundation has given millions. And when I say given millions, to black causes. Yes. Why can't that, why can't we have that discussion? Because if you're going to, if we're going to understand about race, everybody's got to listen to each other's opinion about race. Why they feel this way or why they feel that way. Have a real honest-to-goodness discussion. Now, recently, uh, just the other day, I watched the L.A. Dodgers uh, talking, you know, on behalf of their support for Black Lives Matter. Fine. But it wasn't from the heart. Now, the reason I'm saying that, it just looked like a standard PSA announcement. Like like 10 guys, you know, quick cuts. I, you know, Clayton Kershaw, a bunch of guys. Cody Bellinger, different guys. One mentioning after another, uh, we need to do this. I need to stand up for this. Uh, do me a favor. That's not reaching people if you... I'm not saying you don't feel that way, but it just sounds like a PSA uh, public service announcement. Uh-uh. You got to speak from the heart. Ha- have people like that sit in and ha- let's have an open discussion on race and sports in America. It cannot be one way. And in the, in the discussion, like I say, folks, I know that racism exists. But I also know, I, I think, if you if somebody was, if, if Russ Salzberg is sitting in that meeting, I would agree with just about a bunch of what all four gentlemen said, Barkley, Curry, Ozzie Smith, and Jimmy Rollins. I could disagree with some of the things, like I'm disagreeing with Rollins, but they all made valid points. As Ozzie was talking about having to speak with his, his kids growing up about how they have to be careful, I get that. If I was stopped just for being a short Jew driving a car, I'd tell my grandsons the same thing. 
Got to be careful. You know, I get that. But it needs to be, I, if I need to hear you, you need to hear me. And, and I would look at the four gentlemen, I would say, you know, guys, I get your Black Lives Matter. I, I, I know the basis of what many people think. But I think part of the mistake here is the motivation of some of the leaders from Black Lives Matter. Because I'll tell you what, I'm as sure as I'm watching Charles Barkley, Stefan Curry, Ozzie Smith, and Jimmy Rollins, gentlemen, all four of you are capitalists. You like your money. You're all millionaires, multi-millionaires. God bless you. I wish I was in your shoes. But your leaders of the Black Lives Matters movement, they're Marxists with anarchist mentalities. That doesn't mean everybody thinks that way, but when, when a lot of your leaders think that way, well, you know what? See, that pisses me off because it makes me, as much as I feel for, for the, the gentleman that I'm talking about, and a lot of people out there who, who believe in a Black Lives Matter movement, I also do not believe in their leadership. Just like I say about some black leaders in America, whether they're in the Black Lives Matter movement or not, such as the Al Sharptons. I say it all the time. The guy's just a fraud. He's an opportunistic fraud. And and I've said this several times. From if, if you want white people on board, if you want white people on board to believe, then you need some better leadership. Because I'll tell you what, Al Sharpton is a turnoff. And believe me, black people fail this, feel the same way. But th- th- what I'm saying is you need to hear a white perspective if you're having discussions on race in America. Here's here's another thing. I'll give you an example. We just recently, Davel Gardner. You know, you're familiar with the name of Davel Gardner? Well, he's that poor, innocent one-year-old baby who was shot and killed in a stroller at a barbecue. Brandon Hendricks, the 17-year-old from the Bronx, went to Monroe High School, shot and killed, budding basketball star, shot and killed at a barbecue different barbecues what we just have this past weekend I think something like 15 shootings one killed uh, uh, including a man holding a one year old baby there weren't white people there was no white people involved in the shooting no cops involved in the shootings in Chicago as we said a couple of you know month ago whatever the hell it was one weekend 111 101 shootings 14 dead. No cops involved. No white people involved. You need to hold yourselves accountable. That had to be part of the discussion yesterday. There's no excuse for that. That's Let me tell you what. That's not 400 years of frustration. 
of because slavery came to this country. That's not that. It's not. And don't tell me it's because they got no other ways of making it. You're killing for the sake of killing and you're killing your own. And for lack, that's going to, if it frustrates the black community, it's going to frustrate the white community. They're going to see and says, what the hell's wrong with these people? You need to hear, it's got to be an open discussion. You want people, you want white people to get on board with you? You got to get on board with yourselves and criticize yourselves. Not just if it's a white black crime, but if it's a black black crime. And you've heard me say this ad nauseum. You know, the media is culpable in this. They're as guilty as anybody because, you know, the media likes its race, race, and race. In particular, black and white. If you give me black and white, that's sexy. Jesse Smollett. That frustrated the white community. It pissed the white community off. You know, and, 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 and I get I get black community being frustrated, but it pissed the white community off. The black community is frustrated because they're saying, we don't need this shit. This guy's, we're trying to get ahead and he's just giving us steps backwards. But what do you think would have happened if the reverse happened? And that would be part of a discussion. What would have happened had... A black person, excuse me, a white person, do just what Jesse Smollett did, only he blamed black people when it would not have been the truth. You know what kind of protest and uproar you would have had? That's what I'm talking about. So if you want to talk to me about racism, I get it. I know it exists. It needs to be fixed. But there has to be thought behind it. And we got to be able to listen to both sides. You've heard me have a few podcasts back. George Martin, great New York Giant defensive end. George and I are roughly the same age. I had George on because he was given a black perspective. I was given my perspective. Not that mine was just a white perspective, but I'm the white guy. He's the black guy. George walked across America for first responders from, you know, suffering from 9-11. Walked across America. What, it took him like eight, ten months, whatever the hell it was. So believe me, he's a guy that all people, black and white, in particular white, need to listen to. Because he's not a talker, he was a doer. That's what I'm talking about. We got to listen to each other and we don't. But if you're in the media and you're going to have a discussion on television and you're going to call it race and sports in America, you're sitting there with four black athletes whether they're current or former. And the host is black. So everything is from a black perspective. 
Don't call the show Race and Sports in America. You want to call a race and sports in black America? Or the black perspective? But if we're going to have open and honest discussions, they need to be discussions. They need to be talks with all perspectives being thrown in. You know, uh, Ozzy, believe me, uh, Ozzy Smith was great. He's, you know, he's in St. Louis and he says, listen, I've been treated extremely well. I've never had these problems here. People treat me extremely well. He was talking about the police. But I, I wish in that discussion, you know, that poor retired cop who was, you know, was a retired captain, but, but a retired cop, if you will, 75 years old, was working security in an electronics place, and he was shot and killed during the looting and the riots. I wish that would have been brought up. And he was shot and killed by his own color. I wish that discussion would have been brought up. But anyway, Ozzy was bring, did bring up a point that, you know, we, we shouldn't call it defund the police. We should say reform the police. Well, I do believe in a point of certain things need to be reformed. I, I would agree with that. And listen, we want to weed out the bad in every walk of life. There are bad cops. There are bad reporters. There are bad this. There are bad people. I get that, but if you don't want to say defund, okay, I agree. You can't defund. But then then you have like, for example, in New York, and I, I don't put that on the four of them, but I would, I'm talking from where I'm coming from. You're going to take out the anti-crime units and, and you have violence in New York City has gone through the roof with guns. You want to get guns, illegal guns, and what off the street? It ain't going to happen by getting rid of your anti-crime units. That's for sure. Call that a white perspective? Whatever. Call it my perspective. But that's for sure. That needs to be part of discussions. How are you going to fix communities? And you want to know, I'm sorry, I would talk to all four of those gentlemen and say, guys, I, I do not want to see... Black Lives Matter murals. I don't want to see him on the street. Uh, th- to me, when I see him on the street in front of Trump Plaza, this has not got nothing to do with Trump supporters, anti-Trump supporters, whatever. The point is, I don't need to see it. I don't need a, a mural to remind me that racism exists. Okay? I don't need that. And then you're, you're uh, arrested if you're defacing or vandalizing the mural, which I do not believe should happen. Because two wrongs don't make a right. But that you're getting arrested for. But people who are knocking down statues that don't belong to them, that's okay? They're not arrested? 
That's why these discussions, black people have a right to be frustrated. But you know what? White people have a right to be frustrated too. And do not tell me about the white guilt that I should have because if I didn't have it as bad as you, because trust me, folks, I didn't have a good growing up. Don't tell me about my white privilege. Raised in a housing project. Like I said, my father never had less than two jobs. I had a mentally handicapped brother. We were living in the projects. I had my grandma live with us. We're all crowded in. And my father died when I was 17. Three weeks before I was going off to college. Don't tell me about my white privilege. Because I don't want to hear it. And I think that's got to be part of discussions. Don't make me feel guilty for being white when I see some silly-ass, dopey white kid who, who's 20 years old telling me how to feel or, 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 or he or she is standing there, in particular a she is standing there in the face of a black cop giving him the finger like six inches from his face. You know what? I want to smack her in the face. That's part of a discussion. That's part of feeling frustrated. I am very frustrated where we are today. I'm frustrated, as you heard me say, over uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Deshaun Jackson coming out with his anti-Semitic remarks. I'm frustrated that Roger Goodell still has not commented on that, the commissioner. Yet, everybody was all over, as I said, Drew Brees. That frustrates me from a white perspective. Does that make me racist? No, it doesn't. That's got to be part of a discussion. And until those, if you're going to have discussions and you want to talk about race, then you have to listen to each other. When, when I'm doing a podcast, doing an interview, or, or, or I'm hosting on the radio, I'm having black people on. I want their perspective. Whether it's Councilman Robert Cornegie from um, who represents Bed-Stuy and Crown Heights, whether it's Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. Yeah, I, you need perspectives. Perspectives from both sides is how you accomplish things. You know, we've had Tony Herbert on, black advocate, very community-minded guy. Love his comment. He says, activists act up, advocates do the dirty work. I believe that. Like I believe the Sharptons, Al, the Al Sharptons in this world, I, that's, that would be my discussion. The Al Sharptons of this world are out of business without police brutality and, and racism. They're out of business. Yeah, it frustrates me. I saw Al Sharpton at the George Floyd funeral. I saw Al Sharpton at the Brandon Hendricks funeral that the 17-year-old basketball player shot in the Bronx. I didn't see him talking any place when Brandon Hendricks was shot, though. I didn't see him out in the street when the one-year-old Davel Gardner was shot and killed. I, I didn't... When you have multiple killings and shootings... Weekend and weekend out, 
and day in and day out. I don't see him in the street in his own community saying we got to stop this. But you give him a big platform. Yeah, that's sexy. Yeah, the people are going to see me now. That's my perspective. And that's my frustration. Because some, I shake my head and say, how can this guy be a leader? He's a fraud. Now, am I saying, am, am I a racist for saying that? You want to say that? That's on you. But you see, that's, that's just an honest discussion. You got to hear what I have to say and I have to hear what you have to say. Not just hear, but we need to listen to one another. And I'll go back to what Charles Barkley said. I don't care about 400 years ago. I care about now. We got to fix things now. We got to move forward. What happened, happened. We got to make it better now. And I'm telling you from a black and white perspective, don't give me history lessons of what was. Talk to me about now. Let's move forward. Can't do nothing about what happened then. And and by the way, since, since... some of the people, and you know what? This is this is more directed at white people. You want to give talk about history lessons and and white guilt or white privilege? There has not been a civil rights cause in this country that white people have not lost their lives for. Not a one, starting with the biggest of them all, the Civil War. So don't tell me that I got to feel guilty. Because I'm white. And that, again, it's what we're calling, folks, a a discussion. And, you know, and there was one other thing that got brought up. When, when Jimmy Rollins was talking about, you know, entertainment and, and, and um, athletics and, you know, if guys don't feel that they can make it that way, then they feel they got to make it to hustle. There's one other thing. You know, and all the people I'm talking about. And I'd say in particular, you know, Barkley and, and Stefan Curry, they wouldn't deny it. You make a lot of money from sneaker deals. And you know what? I hate to say it. It leaves a lot of people scratching their heads. You know, some people don't have a pot to piss in. You, 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 you're not making money. There's not a lot of money in your household, but you're worried about your $200 sneakers and people are being killed over sneakers. Yeah, that's in a black community. These are all discussions that need to be brought up. Not to be just brought up and and shoved away. You got to understand where I'm coming from. And I got to understand where you're coming from. I'm not speaking for white America. I'm speaking for us. But you need to hear, if you're going to have discussions, don't call it race and sports in America. Call it race and sports in black America. If you're going to give advice, you got to take advice. It's got to be a two-way discussion. Anyway, folks, that is a wrap right now uh, on uh, today's podcast. I want to thank you all for getting a load of this. Now, I'd like to get a load of you and let me know your thoughts on 
this podcast. You can tell me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can also check out my website anytime you want at russsalzberg.com. My thanks, as always, to my main man, Matt Meany, taking such good care of me, to my 77 WABC program director, Dave Labrosi, his outstanding assistant program director, Matt Dahl, to president and GM of WABC Radio, Chad Lopez, and last but certainly not least, a great big thank you to you, the people out there, because without you, the people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. See you next week. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick.